This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here remotely, in person, with that snack, Polly Cupcakes 2.0. How you doing, Polly? Oh, I'm doing real great. Uh, I got my new Caps Chirp gear. Ooh, stand up. Let everybody top. see it. Let everybody see it. And the I gut. Got the tank, tank top. Ooh. Nice. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's, it's got a nice fit. Uh, it's comfortable. And, you know, it looks cool. So I'm very happy with it. We also ordered a couple masks. So those are good. And uh, it'll be nice. We can just throw them in the washer. And, and whatnot instead of going through all the disposable ones so if you need stuff check out our website yep caps chirp dot what for all the greatest gear for you and i will say that Polly, that's quite the environmentally friendly option i've seen a couple posts on social media about like you know, being snarky, saying, well, at least we are safe from the virus. And it's like people on the beach collecting these these masks, uh, the disposable kind. So so good for you, Polly. Oh, thank you. And, you know, the people making those comments probably don't give a shit about the environment any other time until they can <laughs> make this point now. Right, of course. Um, and even if they do, who cares? Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> uh, something that maybe the people who aren't aren't watching um, because I think that the majority of our listeners do not watch and do not blame them at all for that. But you are rocking a very greasy Barry Melrose style haircut. Yeah. You know, um, we've talked about it before, how much you hate it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I like having long hair um, and it is all natural oils right now. So uh, <laughs> wait, 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 back that up, back that up. What do you mean by all natural oils? It's not like you've put anything in there. You're just using your natural grease. Yes, Polly Cupcakes, homemade. You know, it, it it's my my juices. Um, that sounds terrible. It's just the natu- the natural oils in your hair. Um, okay. You know the kind of stuff that you would have if a human society still had to live out in the sticks and we didn't have shampoo. Oh. You know, natural. Yeah, that sounds um, disgusting. Uh, (laughs) I wash my hair twice a week. Wow, Uh, like James Neal. Yeah, you know, and I mean, his hair looks good. His hair does look good. That that is for sure. But um, so is that, are you rocking that now completely? Because here's the thing. You like long hair, but you've never been hard enough to grow out your hair past like what you basically have it as now. And when you did have it long, you had this, you had the Barry Melrose going and it, it fits you, but I say it fits you like 30 years down the future, down, down the line (laughs) when you're, well, (laughs) well, the reason I, I do it this way is because, you know, everything is hair is, you have so many awkward stages. So, Um, <clears throat> right now I either do this or I have a comb over and when it dries, it kind of just looks like 1970s hair. Um, 
which that actually probably looks better on me than this. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a hockey pod, so I had to had to go Melrose. Hey, you know what? You're a splitting image, man, for sure. Um, and I'm impressed that your hair has enough grease and is pliable enough to put it back as I mean, because it looks like you've got a lot of product in there, like Jesus. a lot, like. <laughs> It looks like you just stepped out of the shower, dude, and didn't even dry it. Just combed it back and well, said, fuck it. I, I don't dry it. I comb it back and let it air dry. And that probably is why it looks the way it does, because <laughs> it takes so long to dry. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's why it looks like it does. I The only time I dry my – like, I mean, I rub a towel through it, but that doesn't dry it all the way. So the only time I, like – it's long enough now that I could I could use a hair dryer, but I only do that if I, like – shower it before bed and I don't want to get the pillowcase wet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know me, I've, I've had long hair for a long time before. So, you know, I, I'm, I think I'm over that phase in my life, which was like high school through college. It was like a 15 year phase. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, you remember, dude, I had hair down to like my, my mid back at once. That was, yeah. Like, yeah. You, uh, people, you know, if it wasn't for your power elite power athlete muscle composition, people probably would mistake you for more of a feminine person. <laughs> I did have great hair too. the long hair. I would constantly get, um, compliments from women saying you have the most gorgeous hair i'm so jealous so yeah and then yeah. you would you'd throw out that uh parks and rec quote it's genetic and unattainable yeah. <laughs> god damn Polly, you know all the lines you know all the hockey troll ridges or ripoffs <laughs> i've spent a lot of time with you <laughs> well i think i i think i speak for everyone here and, and just apologizing so i'm sorry <laughs> but um <laughs> We've got a great episode for you Caps fans. I hope that the sting is somewhat over. And if it's not, we've got some great league news. You know, obviously, our comprehensive coverage of the league along with uh, what's going on in the Capitals camp. We haven't heard a lot of news except for everything that's revolving around uh, our coaching issues or coaching conundrum here. So we're going to deep dive into that. And we also have a guest this week that we recorded last week. So it's a little bit dated in content, but still a good one. Um, State of Hoppy from the Soda Pod on the Hockey Podcast Network. We actually sent him a couple uh, beers from a local microbrewery in the area called Brew Keepers. And he sent us several beers from several different locations, uh, one of which I'm drinking right now called... Immortal Toast, which has a great story, which which you'll hear about in in the actual interview, and that's from Bad Weather Company or Bad Weather Brewing Company in Minnesota, Minneapolis area. So, yeah, they were all good. Um, yeah. <clears throat> hopefully, he sends us more sometime. Out of the goodness of his heart. Yeah, yeah, we should definitely uh, we should definitely do that. He's he's definitely passionate about the whole beer thing, which is great because I'm not passionate so much about like the different types of beers more of the effect of the beer on my body and brain so i yeah. feel like that's a good but those are two like uh juxtapositions that can get together right 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I like the taste and I like getting drunk. So exactly. Beer's where it's at. I like to numb the pain. And (laughs) I guess with that, uh, we should just get right into it, huh? Let's do it. One, two, three. All right. Well, Caps fans, we'll start it off with some brief league news, maybe some uplifting and humorous news. <clears throat> the Phoenix Coyote, or I did it again. The Arizona Coyotes, <laughs> fuck, uh, are brutal. Yeah, they're they're going. I mean, a couple, just the optics on this club from the outside, and now you know Corey and Richie from the Sporty Corey and Richie show on the Hockey Podcast Network would definitely, um, I guess differ in that agreement you know i feel like they i feel like anytime we shit on the arizona coyotes on the slack they get like super defensive and are like ready to fight about it (laughs) which i could understand because that's an organization that's had a lot of you know shitty things happen yeah i mean it's like hockey fans as a whole are kind of like that because we're kind of like a niche that's trying to break through right and um uh, they're like that times three because they're the niche within the niche. Right. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> to be completely honest, I don't think I'd ever seen a Yotes fan in person and I still haven't seen them in person, but I've never interacted with any Yotes fans. I did a shitty blog about them once <clears throat> and posted on Yotes Reddit and they got so fucking mad. And I just, I just did the worn out tropes of like, no, there's this team has no fans. They suck. They're a joke. I mean, it was really just poorly, poorly executed, poorly written and everything. But I, you know, I, I, I did get tore up by them. So there are passionate fans there. And if you didn't know, now you do. But the current news that's come out and it's a bit of a bit of a one-two punch, and this really rarely happens in <laughs> in uh, in modern sports. And that is the inability to pay players or messing up pays and bonuses. Well, the the Coyotes have, and we I didn't research this, and I didn't know exactly what had happened, but something about the players' bonuses and salaries were dispersed improperly. Um, and that obviously raises red flags about your organization and everything else, right? When you can't even pay the people that are, you know, putting putting the team on the ice or are the team on the ice. That's some slap shot shit. <laughs> right, right. And even in the lower leagues, like the semi-pro leagues, like the AHL and ECHL, you hardly hear that type of news. So, yeah, it's like KHL stage, shit. Right. Yeah, KHL or like, I don't know, some obscure semi-pro hockey league that you've never heard of would Whatever have Whatever Team Yager owns. Yeah. <laughs> he'd, be like, he'd be like, fuck you, it's my money. He's, uh, well, he he's probably like, I've had a, a big gambling debt that I need to pay off again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he'll just not sign your paycheck, bang your girlfriend and say, thanks, see you at practice tomorrow. Yeah, I'll see the pictures on Instagram. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, the big and then so that was the that was the left jab, and then the straight right here is that the Yotes have 
interviewed and are seriously considered from what I hear. Again, this is all this is all kind of internet buzz, but they're seriously considering our boy Pierre Maguire for the GM position that um Chica has left vacant. So I mean, if you just and I know you you're going to say some stuff here Polly, but just a quick review of how the Yotes have done this season. They make the playoffs. They go out and and it seems pretty good. Everything seems to be kind of uh going great for them. They get their next two years top top picks taken away from them essentially for cheating, which is an ethical thing. Um then they and before so during this during the regular season then Chaika steps down, right? He steps down as GM and just says like I don't want the fucking job anymore later. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the Yotes get knocked out of the playoffs, and then all of a sudden Pierre Maguire's getting interviewed, and they can't play their players. So, not a good look. I mean, the optics are surrounding this organization are in the shitter right now. So, I honestly do hope that the next GM that they bring in continues the success that they had in this postseason because you know they upset the Nashville Predators to make it into the actual playoff round. Um, you know, and, and they were playing unsustainable hockey, but I still think that's a really nice boost for that team. Um, it shows yeah. a good trend upwards. So, yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you think there, Polly? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, <clears throat> they, they showed a lot of promise. They have a lot of young talent that is uh, something to be excited about uh, with that uh, Clayton Keller. Yeah. He's, he's going to be special. Uh, and then Ekman Larson, man, he's a stud. And uh, Kemper, he is the only reason they won any games in the playoffs. Yep. Um, I, I think if I were one of their fans, aside from all the sanctions and bad hirings and people not and people just leaving their job, I'd be excited <laughs> at least about what they have on the ice. Sure, and it's like one step forward, three steps back with this fucking organization. I just hope that. And and what it, what they need is I think a really good GM who's like we're all right we're gonna make fucking top down changes here, uh, and we're gonna come out next season as like the the best young team you know one of the most organized you know whatever it that looks like but I think a bit of a revamp in both culture and and um, management was needed because mm-hmm. you know they have a good bench boss obviously Tockett has shown that he's ready for the head coach role and is comfortable with taking this team who many would consider a laughing stock, you know, for the past 10 years in the league that 10 years plus really, and trying to take them and and be successful with them. So lots of good things going for this team. I I truly do hope that they get it together. And I guess I'm, I'm being a bit harsh, but again, with what we, with from the outside looking in, I think it's warranted. Yeah, and I know if uh, if you were the owner of the team, you wouldn't even give this guy an interview. <laughs> I would say you can be our jester that we bring in during staff meetings to say stupid shit so we can all laugh and throw fruit <laughs> to me. He'd probably be a good drafter, honestly, though, because he's a walking hockey DB. Oh, my God, Pauly. But... He's been what? He's been a GM and a head coach, and has been just, just terrible. Like in both of those roles, right? Well, I know he didn't have success as a as a coach. I don't 
remember his GM. Uh, maybe he history. hasn't been a GM. Maybe he hasn't been a GM, but I don't know. Maybe you can look that up and let us know. But I don't think he has. I, th- I think I thought he's gotten shots. I know he's been a head coach and has been terrible. Um, and I forget even what fucking team hired him as a head coach, but that was years and years ago. So it was the Hartford Whalers. Was he really the head coach of the Hartford, Hartford Whalers? Yeah. Wow. So very long. Well, no, yeah, he only had, he was an interim coach. He was an assistant with the Penguins, then the Whalers, interim head coach, and then he was an assistant for the Senators. A no GM. Um, well, hockey DB, I don't think they show GM history. Okay. Well, we'll move on and just pop in and let us know. But big thing, some big trade news out of the teams that have been eliminated. Jake Allen from the St. Louis Blues traded to Montreal for a third round pick and seventh round pick in the 2020 NHL draft. I think that's, um... A ballsy move by Montreal. I mean, what is Jake Allen's cap right now? It's got to be around four to five million, right? Yeah, I'm not sure what he's getting paid, but he showed that he still brings value. Um, he, he does in a backup role. He, well, he's only at a well in 2016. He was two point two million. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I don't know why that's interesting. Um, next year. He's a 4.3 cap hit. Yikes. So the, the, the Habs will have 14 million wrapped up in a fucking goaltender. Yeah. But I mean, they're a pretty young team without a whole lot of superstars. They can probably afford it right now. For sure. For sure. But I mean, this is almost like, this feels to me like a, win in the next few seasons uh, strategy. and Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you think about this and like, yeah, okay, they did decent in the playoffs and they got some really promising efforts out of like their, out of all their guys. Um, You know, Suzuki to me being the standout and their blue line's a lot better than we thought it'd be. But man, I don't know. They're going to have to add a cherry on top with a fucking top tier scoring threat to do that wouldn't you say yeah um you know they've got some young guys that find the net and make stuff happen but i I think they do need a marquee score um i mean maybe not like uh maybe not a novechkin or a mckinnon but maybe someone like uh you know maybe like a rantanen or a um a verona you know like a they need some more solid guys like that who maybe not aren't superstars, but are better than what they have. Like a 30 to 40 goal guy. Right. Would be prime. And, you know, it's fucked up because I keep going. I keep thinking like, you know, who'd be great in Montreal is Max Pacioretty. <laughs> yeah. After they, they just got, they shipped him off. Right. <laughs> so... I mean, you know, timing is everything in life, but uh, fuck. I mean, it is it is kind of a I hey, you know what? We had we had Bayou Benders on who is now on Habs Nightly again, Hockey Podcast Network. He was saying, "Look, we're closer than the Leafs to winning a cup." And this year's performance, you can't say that's wrong. Yeah. You know? So 
who knows? Uh, maybe they have something up their sleeves. Maybe they have either A, a young guy that they have a lot of promise in, or B, they're they're just poised and ready to snap up a guy who's um who's who's gonna be their marquee scorer or 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 real point getter. But uh, you know, back to the just Jake Allen in general, yeah, he's he reminds me of I guess a eh, not even like a young flurry, but like He's his consistency wise is like young flurry ish where like when he shits the bed, man, like he's great when he's lights out, he's lights out. But whenever he has like the and I know Tom Franklin calls it the yips, but whenever he gets into a slump, it's like a 10, 15 game slump. You know, there's goalies that shit the bed for three games in a row and you're like, okay, and then they string together, you know, double digit good games or at least double digit solid games. But Jake Allen, and I've said this for years, is that he'll do he'll be lights out 10, 15 games, but you better expect that that many games is coming back in return of where he's yeah. going to absolutely blow it for the team. Absolutely. All right, well, you want to get, get on to talking about the actual teams that are left in the bubble? Or well, yeah, or aren't like left do a rundown of uh, season, or the second round. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Not you know, I was trying to be, I was trying to be cool there and and be a little bit more articulate. But yeah, let's let's review the second <laughs> round here. Um, <clears throat> Goddamn Barry Trotz and his Islanders, man, they, they are playing good hockey right now. And you know, everybody wants to say it's it's fucking boring, and in some cases it is. But they they upset the Philadelphia Flyers in Game Seven, and I think they won four nothing. Just statement yeah. game seven, and they've had yeah, statement they game sevens all throughout the fucking playoffs. I mean, the, their elimination games have just been so good. They basically take the will of the other team. Yeah, I mean they're they're showing that if the if the playoffs were like other sports where it's only one game for each matchup, they'd they'd be winning because they yeah. they win when it when it matters. You know what? And and something that I've I've noticed but didn't say anything in the last couple pods, the Islanders willfully slow the game down. And I feel like that's a huge, that's a huge part of their strategy and dictating, dictating like the outcome of the game because they set the pace. You know, if they think that your team's going to come out and run and gun, they'll go down on an odd man rush and just be like nothing. Like they, they trust their, the puck handler to play it safe. And everybody kind of knows that's what's going to happen. So even if it's like a three on two, you know, obviously a breakaway is completely different or like a good two on one opportunity is different. But on like three on twos, so many of them, I've seen them just come down, get across the blue line, take a look and say, it's not there. And just fucking wheel, but just straight up turn away from the net, wheel back and get that fourth guy coming in. And that fourth guy is not always taking a shot. He's just fucking slowing it down and setting it up. Or their area pass it to the far side of the uh, half boards and rely on the far guy to get it and just possess. They just want the puck. That's that's it. They just want it, and they they are confident right now, so confident that when they have the puck, they're gonna fucking dictate terms and are are comfortable with just having it, not so much funneling tons of pucks to the net. Yeah, I mean, it's uh. For, for the football fans out there, it's like watching Army play. They hold on to the ball for like a half a quarter every time they have the ball. 
And like the, that, that is just such a, a tough strategy to beat because if they take away your time, they take away your, you know, the numbers are in their favor. Um, right. And they, they, they play gritty. They keep the puck. It's just, it's, it's such a tough thing to beat unless you can find the holes and they don't leave holes open. Right. Yeah. I mean, basically they're playing a fucking elite game of keep away in the offensive zone. They just keep yeah. it away. They're, they're completely can. I, I feel like the Islanders are completely content to be up one, nothing waste two and a half minutes passing around the perimeter and, and keep, you know, taking looks at the net, but not scoring, but still spending a solid two and a half minutes in the offensive zone, just fucking around, just saying, ha I can't have this. We're going to keep this away from you. And they just drain the clock that way. And, that is one disheartening for a for an offensively gifted team like the Caps, like the Philadelphia Flyers. That is a disheartening thing to have happen to you. You're stuck in your own zone. You're gassed because when, I feel like you get way more tired when you're chasing the puck in the defensive zone, right? I mean, you as a player, Polly, would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So if you're if you're defending in your own zone for, I mean two and a half minutes and can't get a change or get a, get a momentary chance where you can change that fucking gasses you. That is, I mean, and you're maybe not even getting banged that much or throwing the body, but that is something that is just mentally disheartening and physically hard to do. Um, and because you're hundred percent reactionary at that point. So you have to keep up with them and they do just such a great job. Kill the clock. I mean, they're, executing Trotz's system to perfection. Yeah. And if, if he can win a cup with the Capitals roster, or, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I take that back, but I think he, even though he had the Capitals roster for his cup, I think he can do it with these guys because they're buying into the system. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's the big thing. And, and if he does win with the Islanders, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's recency bias. And, you know, uh, but if you look at Barry Trotz's career, he's only missed the playoffs like, uh, you know, a handful of time. I, I want to say it's like four times since he got the natural predators to a point where they were a playoff team. So like the first four seasons obviously weren't great in Nashville because he didn't have the rules that, that fucking Seattle and, and Vegas are going to have where he gets handed a, a great team. He right. was actually had to like grind out from the literal basement of fourth liners all the way and did that in like four years, started making the playoffs. But ever since then, he's only missed like a handful of times. I think it's like four. So you look at him and, and – he fought at leaving Nashville was the best thing for him. You know, he, he cut his teeth on how to build a program from the ground up. And the biggest thing that I miss about trots is that he was always about, you know, kind of like what we talked about with Stefan Brunner, play the game the right way. And the results will come play the game, trust the process. You know, he was never, um, he was always just, you know, be prepared for this, play, play the system, believe in yourself. He was really a, um, I want to say he's a player's coach, but he was also really just kind of a, I feel like he gets the buy-in because he's so genuine and and a a good person, you know? Absolutely. Um, And I I just wanted to go back to how you, you said the, the two most recent expansion teams are having it easy. 
yeah. like to just to show you how different it is for expansion teams now. Uh, right. It took the Predators how long to make it to a conference final and cup and the Blue Jackets and the Wild have neither made their conference finals. So that just gives a show you Vegas fans and new Seattle fans, how easy you have it because <laughs> everyone else has had to work and you're getting gifted these teams. Right. They had to stumble through a, through several draft years and pick the right guy or obviously in some cases not the right guy to to, to be the future of the organization. So Yeah, you know you you build your you build your franchise on on a guy like Rick Nash and then he just leaves you. <laughs> right. And was never good to begin with really. I mean, no, I I'll take that back. Rick Rick Nash was good, but he was never a guy to build an organization around. Um, no, he he's 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 more of a Malkin than a Crosby, you know. For sure. Let's let's please refrain from giving positive yeah. comparisons okay. to the Penguins, yeah. but but okay. Um, and we've we've spent a lot of time on this series just stroking off Barry Trotz, but goddamn does he deserve it? And fuck, do I miss that guy, man? I mean, two years wasted, two fucking years, Caps fans wasted. What do you think would happen if we would have extended Barry Trotz for three fucking years? I, I have to say we would have at least been sniffing another conference final. Can you imagine if, I mean, it's all speculation. Could have been a three-peat. Fuck, dude. Don't even, don't even. <laughs> God, fuck. But honestly, if you think about it, it, the only, the biggest piece that we're now seeing 2020 hindsight that is left was Matt Niskanen. You could argue Burakovsky. You could argue Burakovsky was a big piece that left, but come on, no. And and again, you could argue like DSP, Beagle, all those guys. But but as far as on the paper, the numbers, their replacement level players. As much as I love Jay Beagle, I've said it a hundred times. Same with DSP. You know, heroes in Washington. But at the same time, there were uh, there's other guys like that that we have on our team, and I love our fourth line now. I love our third line now. So I hey. What could have been, Barry? What could have been? All right, enough, enough. We need to highlight for sure about this series. One of the most incredible things I think I've ever seen in hockey. Oscar Limbaum came back from what's sarcoma. What was the uh, a, a rare form of bone cancer? I forget what it's called, but went through chemo early in the season. It was a big thing, you know, Stan with Oscar, you know, we're and and the whole league got behind this guy. I think he it was comes, back in December. What's that? I think it was in December that he finished. Yeah, the the um or what was diagnosed or finished? Well, diagnosed. I mean, it definitely happened before the new year. I know that. When um, he was diagnosed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been this this hockey season that he was diagnosed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's he was sick, went through the treatment, came out in remission um, and has been cured uh, or, you know, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how the, like, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know about like, but he's good, good enough in health to, to return to the NHL and fucking did in the, in the, in game six and game seven, and then eight, 17, 30 in game six and 1642 time on ice stats for him. He had a couple hits in game six and a block shot and then in game seven, one hit, one block. I don't give a fuck about those later stats that I mentioned. He ate, you know, almost, you know, 15-ish, 15 minutes 
in a NHL playoff game when all the nuts, all the all the fucking nuts were on the table, right? Like, I just that is incredible to me to go through that to the point where you've lost all your hair and then coming back like that. Insane, dude. Yeah. Um, I watched the games. Oh, I watched. I, I, yeah, I watched six and seven. And, um, you know, I was focusing on him and he, you know, he looked like he belonged out there. Like he was in game shape. And it's just amazing because like, you know, some people, they get a cold and they're down for a week and a half. This guy fought through cancer and he's playing with the best hockey players in the world. Like, right. And not only it's just, amazing. Yeah. And not only just like a fucking, I guess, run of the mill form of cancer, a rare bone disease cancer that kills most of its, most people who have it. So, right. uh, wow. Like, I guess, you know, stick taps to him. Incredible, incredible stuff. Hope to see him next year. Hope he continues this trend of of staying healthy, man. I mean, that is an incredible, incredible story. And I mean, if he doesn't win the Masterton, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what that fucking award's about. Then you know, I mean, as far as the best right. hockey comeback, you know. Um. So good on Oscar. The Islanders are going to play the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah, and uh, Tampa Bay, man, they looked good. They did, and they did, and so that's a good segue into Boston out in five. I mean, Tampa Bay just came in. They got, what, what did they get hit in the mouth on game one? Boston came out yeah. and smacked them, and then they were yeah, like, okay. Yeah, and they just took the next four. Yeah, and they were just like, okay, we're just going to sweep you from here on out. Um, Tampa is, so, and again, I feel like New York is going to run into a team that they just played, you know, so they've beat New York has probably had one of the hardest, I would say the hardest path here, uh, aside from possibly Dallas, but I don't even think, no, I, I'm going with New York. I'm going with the Islanders had the hardest path here. And now they've been an underdog in every single series. They beat the caps. They beat the flyers, both offensive teams or, you know, are touted for their offensive prowess. Right. And then they're coming, they're going to run right into powerhouse Tampa Bay, who at this point is playing like just a more evolved iteration of the past two teams. Right. So it's like the caps, let's be honest, sucked ass. Okay. And they're in their series, but the, but the format was the same, right? So like you're looking at a caps team who's going to try to stretch you out and, and is just very deadly on the offensive side of the puck. Philly, same way. And then you're looking at Tampa Bay and you're like, holy fuck, Tampa Bay's got it everywhere. They're just better all across the ice than Philly was. And 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 I guess that's what the, the Islanders just have to be hardened and used to it by now. So, I mean, what what do you got here, Polly? What, what do you think as far as... I, I mean, I think... With with Boston, I feel as if they came back stale. They're the Presidents winners, right? Presidents Trophy winners. They had a great regular season. They were probably affected the most by this break of the teams, you know, up to that point, up to up to the second round, and just couldn't put it together. Couldn't get the mojo back. Absolutely, I think they just they they didn't get it started. They. Like a couple other teams in the bye situation, they definitely didn't have urgency during the the round robin, and they never shook out of that, which you would have thought 
with that veteran presence that they would, but they didn't. Um, you know, Tuca had a lot of personal stuff going on, and he never really, uh, never really got his focus. Which you know, who can blame him? Right. Um, but uh, yeah, they just they they definitely didn't seem like the team that went to the cup last year. Absolutely. And speaking of Tuka Rask, I mean, there's so many shitbag, mass hole, mouth breathers that are out there just absolutely tearing him a new one. And you know what, man? To, to that I say, Tuka Rask, man, fuck Boston. As soon as your contract's up, go to the highest bidder. Go somewhere nice and sunny. Go somewhere where the fucking weather's nice. You don't have to pay fucking taxes and listen to these fucking asshole New Englanders just shit on you for being the best player on the ice most nights. I mean, Tukarask is an incredible goalie. And I don't know how any hockey fan outside of Boston could refute that. I'd say top five. He's Tukarask top five goal in the league, right? Oh yeah. He's, he's amazing. He, he's taken them as the starter to two cups and he's just, he's so consistent. Right. They're, they're ridiculous, you know, because Boston, Boston's probably the most spoiled sports town, even more than Pittsburgh. And yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the the Patriots, Bruins, Red Sox, um, you know, I, I just, they're, they're spoiled. They have high expectations and I think it's unfair to the players and, as a, uh, you know, if Tuca played for the Avalanche all this time, I'd be loving him. You know what? It's funny to say because I'm so happy that I'm not from a town that I'm not really from anywhere, but I'm that I'm not. I do not identify with a town that has been so spoiled as you say in sports. Uh, in sports success, and I'm probably. I hope that I hope that Berlansky and Horwat aren't fucking watching it. Listen to this because they're gonna fucking. Well, yeah, of course you aren't because you're a fucking loser. Yeah, so you know they would put it more <laughs> elegantly, but yeah. <laughs> um. I, yeah, so I, I'm just happy because I feel like that being spoiled in this avenue of life is, one, meaningless, and two, uh, people get this weird, comfortable expectation like you're seeing with these Bruins and Pittsburgh fans, and when it doesn't go the way they want, they just, they're so easy to just abandon it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and also... It's annoying. Like I get being passionate, right? But like, people need to check themselves. Like sure. you're sitting at home with a beer belly watching the game. Yeah, these are professional fuck. fucking athletes. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. You're wearing their name on your back. Shut up. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. Come on. So, uh, you know, speaking of taking the money and run, what what's what's going on with Krug and Chara? That's two big pieces of their literally and metaphorically two big pieces of their blue line. Yeah. So, um, Chara, he wants to come back. I think he's 43, 42. Um, who knows if he will come back if they want him. Uh, he's definitely lost a couple steps, but he's still a good third pair defenseman. Um, I mean, if you're going to pay him third, be, right. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, if he's willing to take under a million, it might be worth having him. Sure. Um, and then Krug, he just hit 29 years old and 
he was asked if he would give a discount, whether it's in years or money. And he said, no, uh, he said he's bet on himself in the past and taken short-term deals with less money or, you know, less time. And he said, this is his time to, uh, this is in my time in terms of my, this is my time in terms of my value at its peak. I have the ability. I'm in a position now where I want to make the most of it. So who can blame him? He's been taking the discount. This is what kind of sucks about NHL. They, they get these guys for a discount while they're young and then they overpay for them once they've quote unquote earned it. Why don't you just start fucking paying these guys when they're like 23. So then when they're 30, you're like, okay, you got your best years. Now you're going to make less money. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me. Well, okay. To your point, I think that, uh, well, that's uh, to your point. I think that's owners and GMs taking advantage of young players, which, you know, chase a cup, chase competitiveness. You do this to the team, you'll get your money, blah, 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 whatever the fuck that looks like. And only, and you know, they're hockey players. There's, there's not a big mark. There's not a big trend unless you're an Ovechkin, unless you're a Crosby to be able to command massive wages, like, or massive salaries. But speaking of Krug, I do agree with him, man. I think that he's, I don't think that he's over the hill. I I think that he has probably at least a three-year contract where he is going to be elite. Yeah. And that being said, he's now 30 where your body become, where your body and mind are, you know, physiologically at their, at a point where they are going to, they're at the, they're they're, So like, I guess I've, I've heard it described this way. Like you're, you're, when you're 30, you're mature enough to know your ability and, and how to make the most of it. Um, and your physical peak is at around that time. So that's why like boxers peak out at like 30. That's like a, you know, that's like their fucking, I mean, that's why most professional athletes peak out. That's their best years in their like, you know, 28 to 32 Yeah, because everything is just in balance as far as this is the best you're going to be. You're not going to be. Yeah. I mean, I think as a human, your physical prime is really like when you're 30. Right. And your brain is, is caught up enough to be able to understand what you're able to do. You know what I mean? Right. All right. Uh, well, I mean, I think Krug's worth a, a five-year deal. Oh, fuck yeah. Absolutely. At, at decent money. Seven million? Easy. Yeah. He's a top four defenseman. Absolutely. I'd say. Um, okay, so who do you got on Tampa Bay v. Isles? Oh, yeah. So, um, Stammer is a no-go for this series. Um, he was he hasn't played since February 15th. He got hurt, lower body injury during training camp for the postseason back July 13th. So uh, no stammer again, even though some people thought. What's that? I said glass cannon. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he, he may be – he would have Crosby, Ovechkin, Malkin um, – other star numbers if he had stayed healthy. Sure. Um, and um, Kucherov is coming back. He will play game one. Good. So I know people thought Stamkos may come back. He's still a no. So if they win, maybe he'll play in the finals. Who knows? Well, who do you have winning this series? <sighs> I want the Islanders to win, but I think Tampa and six. Isles and seven. Hey, 
I'd, I'd gladly be wrong. I'm on that fucking bandwagon now, and I'm not getting off. Uh, looking at the teams <laughs> left, because, uh, you know, obviously I wanted Colorado to come in, but we'll, we'll, that's a good segue here. I wanted Colorado to come in, Polly, but what the fuck happened to that team? Well, I'll tell you what. They did such a good job of fighting back, forcing in game seven. Then they scored a goal with like under five minutes to go. And then literally the next face off, the stars came down and scored the tying goal and then yep. beat them OT. I can tell you, I was watching as I watched that play happen. I could just see Dallas break through, like get a jump off the face off, face off. And I was like, they're, they're going to go down score right now. <laughs> and they did. And then, you know, in front of the net for the game winner, uh, I think the abs have been out that shift had been out there for a while. Caudry, he's had such a good off season, but you know, he's just one of those guys that I don't think he does a good job of fighting through adversity very much on the ice. Really? Uh, Caudry. Yeah. I, I think he kind of, when he, he's just, he, I think he's prone to give up when he's tired is really what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> okay. And he, he, he got lazy and he's the one who should have had the coverage on that game winning goal. All right, all right, all right. Well, look, how did this? How did this? weren't weren't the Avalanche up three to one in the game or the series? Series. No, they were down three to one. Oh, that's right. That's right. My bad. So, because there were a couple of those, everything was like three to one at one point. But yeah, let's just say this: they let Dallas come in and jump on them. Yeah, they did. This whole series. And yeah, okay, Dallas is right and high, but fuck, man. I mean, you've got two guys who had to get tat tricks for them to advance onto the next round. And I get like this, the the kid that got it in the in game seven is is you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know who he was. Nobody knew who he was. Now everybody knows who who he is. I can't even remember his name. Can you? Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I don't know. He's a he's a Finnish guy, I think. And um, yeah, it, you know, I just. The Avalanche, they, I think they might have done a little bit of a underestimating their enemy here. Oh, I completely agree. And you would think that after going down 2 nothing, they would have woke up. Right. But, um, you know, they, I don't know. I think, when, and, and not to make excuses, but it doesn't help that the, you know, the Colorado, instead of a Zamboni, they were driving an ambulance, man. They had, uh, sure, Grubauer, Francois. Eric Johnson, Don Scoy, Landy, and Matt Calvert, all of them missing either a couple games or the whole series. You know, down to your third string goalie isn't really the recipe for success. Um, sure. And he he won the first two games he played. You know, he he his first two ever career playoff games, he won. And you know, how did if he would if they? Oh, go ahead. No, how how what? How did Francois get injured? I didn't see this. Um, I don't think it was in the game. I, I think it happened, or I don't think he left a game hurt. Right. He just wasn't playing the next time. Okay. I think they just said he's unfit to play. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The injuries suck. They They look like the fucking penguins out there as far as the injury report goes. They need to hit the weight yeah. room. Yeah, so I was thinking um, they need to improve their uh, strength and conditioning program. 
Uh, no doubt. I need to hit the bands and get some more CBD oil or something. <laughs> so Philip Grubauer, I saw that injury happen and said that does not, that looks like a groin. That looks bad. Uh, yeah. I didn't see the Franco injury, but you know, you blow a groin as a goalie, you're fucked. Uh, you have to really take a lot of care into rehabbing that. A good example would be Varlamov, who basically is now he's now in the Eastern Conference Final, but it took he he blew a groin and it took him years to recover to the point where he he lost the job in Washington. They they shipped him off to f- Colorado, I think. And yeah, he went he went to Colorado for a couple of years, and then he was replaced by another cap Rubar. Right. So that is tough. I had, you know, all the teams that I thought were going to go are out. And that shows not that I'm bad at picking these things. It just shows that the COVID cup is, has been crazy, right? Yeah. This, this is really just, uh, it's a frontier, man. It Who is knows what's, what's going on. It is no doubt. Um, okay. So finally, Vegas versus Vancouver, another game seven. Is that right? Or what game was this? Yeah, it was game seven. And I think it was nothing, nothing until, you know, the the late part of the third period. Yes. When Vegas finally broke through. And um, I mean, like you have here in the in talent one, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. I think, um, I, th- I think that Vegas has had not only the easiest path in their entire existence for everything, uh, that they've had the easiest path this postseason with, again, everything. They played yeah. the shittiest teams in the West, which are the shittiest teams in the league, I think. and Because, I mean, what, they had Chicago before this. They they did they, the one thing that I will say is they did do well in the round robin. They went undefeated there. Yeah. But at the same time, that's not the same as a seven game series against those teams. That's teams coming back, doing you know, getting ready for fucking competition and and having it out that way. So that was their only kind of resistance is doing well in games that don't matter. And to their credit, they have done everything. They have used the system as they always have. For their benefit. And you yeah. have to give them credit for that, but it's like half a credit per every credit. <laughs> <laughs> so Vegas wins. This this series should have never gone seven games. I, I like the Vancouver Canucks. I think they are good. I think that they have um, a bright future. I've been saying that again for a couple years and look where it's gotten them. But... Yeah. I I just I they weren't ready and they weren't stacked as Vegas who is stacked again let me reiterate quadruple it reiterate that they have given give it, gifted all of this shit so it, uh, I whatever the the, the I mean what do you have here Polly Well uh well yeah Reeves um he got suspended Cause they had that big hit there. Um, Shitty play. That's a dirt bag. Play. Yeah. He uh, missed. He did miss. I mean, he, but you're, that is a, <laughs> all right. Sorry. Is there anything else? Can I, can I go on a rant about that too? 
Well, I was just, I mean, the Vancouver overachieved. Um, they, they were great, um, but I, they're not going to repeat that for another couple of years, I don't think. Really? A second yeah, I mean, round appearance? They, they'll probably make the playoffs next couple of years, but um, you don't think they'll I think get, it's going to get to the second round. Well, I mean, I guess it just depends on the matchup. Um, maybe if they play the Flames. Right. That's they what I was just saying. Keep... That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, okay, so here's the thing about the Reeves hit. Uh, Dirtbag play, because he was absolutely trying to take advantage of a defense- defenseless player legally. And you know exactly what I mean by this, right, Polly? Like, Yeah. Defenseman wheeling around the net, pressure from the back. He's trying to get out. He may have his head down, maybe have bobbled the puck coming up above the goal line. He has no idea what the fuck's going on. He's just trying to wheel and get control of the puck to dish it as quickly as possible. And Ovechkin has had upteen million highlight hits. Tom Wilson, upteen million highlight hits coming around that. That is a sweet spot. You've I've seen yeah. you destroy guys around like that. I've fucking yeah. loved coming out of that. That I loved when I played center. Um, I I loved seeing those guys come out with their head down because boom, you're dinging a defenseman there. You're 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 knocking him back a few years if you connect right. And you know, I, I for who I don't even know who absorbed the hit. Do you know? No, I I don't care. I just saw the hit and I saw like Reeves was fully extended. He had his like shoulder out. He was in full. He was formed up and basically stopped skating and just like leaned into it. You know, like he was almost airborne at that point and yeah, and just clips this dude in the head. And that is how you kill people for one, especially, especially got him. Mm-hmm. The guy's his big as him. Exactly. That's how you kill people. And, you know, if he would have connected thick, he would have hit both that player and probably would have injured the guy behind him, which is his own player, to be completely honest. Um, (laughs) So, no love lost here. I mean, this is exactly what I thought would happen. I think one game even is... I think that's even a little... I, I think he got off easy. Yeah, I mean, especially his reputation as a tough guy. I think um, if it was regular season, it definitely it might have been four or five games. Oh, really? Since, well, you know, playoffs, there's less time there, so they're not going right. Um, But next time he'll get a much bigger suspension, that's for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if he was considered a repeat offender at this point because it's like out of – I don't to keep track of Ryan Reeves, but at the same time, like, um, that's a shitty play. Um, and I don't have a problem with those plays. I really don't. I like, I'm not out here calling Ryan Reeves a complete piece of shit. Uh, I think it was a dirty play only in the fact that he missed. If he would have hit him thick, it would have been fine. But even if he would have hit him thick, he may have actually fucked the dude up in the head because he was, you know, Guy was coming around fully crouched, ready to like come out of that, and Reeves yeah. comes in and clips him clips him thin. He might have been trying to avoid, he might have been trying to, you know dodge at the last minute, but you know, I, I 
the right call was made here by the league, and I'm surprised it was only one game, but whatever. Absolutely. I, uh, I'm excited to see a couple of scumbags go at it between uh, him and Jamie Ben. I'd like to see them duke it out. Oh, uh, yeah. Your favorite, Jamie Ben. I, I would love to see that too. I This is a very weird uh, Western Conference final. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's weird enough that the Isles are playing Tampa Bay, but you could kind of see it. Like, Dallas is fucking vibing dude they're on they're on one hard and they just beat the best team in the west in my eyes in, in yeah. seven um if i was someone who wasn't an avalanche fan i would probably like if i was only a capitals fan i would be probably pulling really hard for the stars right now because the way they play um i mean they look like a cup team they they're they're fast. They're strong. They swarm. They just honestly, I think them and the Islanders. Um, I I could see that being the cup just because they play just sustainable, tough team defense. The you're saying the Stars do? Yeah, I th- I enough. think the Stars are a very solid all around team. And, you know, that's interesting because all evidence points to that, right? <laughs> but I I guess I've just been like, oh, the Devils. Or, I mean, I mean the, the Stars have always been that team that has just underperformed hard. Oh, yeah, especially in the Sagan-Jamie Benn era. Right. So I never – after – after years of me being like, oh yeah, the Devils, they might, they might make it here, and, and then not happening, and may, me looking like an idiot, uh, I feel that I had counted them out pretty hard. So to see them finally breaking through um, after I've counted them out is very typical. But at the but same yeah, time, it's like the know, Caps. Exactly, like they have no pressure. The, the Dallas Stars have no pressure to to be good. But they are, and yeah. you know it's just Pantera all day. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> who do you got winning this series? I think Dallas and seven. I'm saying Dallas and six. <clears throat> all right. Vegas hasn't played a single fucking team this entire playoffs. They haven't played no, they, a good team. They haven't. Um, based just looking at last. Um, last round, if they would have played Dallas or Colorado, they would have made it past game six. Right. Um, you know, and they got hit in the mouth by Vancouver, you know, so I, I just have, I think that Dallas has better goaltending. Well, or at least equivalent goaltending right now. And if they can keep up their scoring, both across all across the lineup, I think that they're going to win. So I've got, Dallas and six. Also, I cannot say anything positive about fu- fucking Vegas. They've got the most obnoxious fans right now. They're yeah, truly... I think they. Go oh, go ahead. They may have taken uh, taken the place of like Pittsburgh and, I mean, Toronto's on its own level. You know, they're they're just the worst fans. But uh, God, Vegas is just oh, their fans terrible, <laughs> terrible. They, first of all, they're fucking ignorant. And second of all, they're so spoiled, and they just won't. 
I would not mind. And you know what? There are some, you know, all of our hosts on this network for the Vegas Knights are actually like legitimate. They understand hockey. They understand like, okay, they, they know, they know they got fucking handed a fucking team. And I think that if you're going to be a Vegas fan and be like a blowhard about them, which I completely support, at least acknowledge the fact that you were literally gifted a fucking team. Like you were gifted a team and the biggest gift came in that you were the first expansion team in, in decades and people, other GMs, absolutely shit the fucking bed. Looking at you, Florida, for trying to keep their fucking roster together. And they thought, you know, oh my god, I need to give up. I need to sell the farm so that I can just keep this proven talent together. And it hasn't worked out for anyone except for Vegas. Right. Yeah, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Seattle. Yeah. And I think, uh, and even with when Seattle comes, I think that GMs are going to figure out like, okay, we really fucked up. This was stupid of us to have sold the farm like we did. It's really not necessary because, you know, that's just how it's going to go. We just need to expose the players needed exposed. We're not going to do any back channel deals. Uh, we may, there, there may be back channel deals. And I, I, sh- I guarantee there's probably going to be five or six teams that really give up a lot to keep their current roster intact but mm-hmm. i think that a lot of teams the rest are just going to be like mm, whatever and so that right. means that vegas or seattle won't have like multiple first round picks for like the next four years <laughs> you know what i mean yeah right all right last bit of good news matt or matt Dumbo wins the king clancy yeah i think they're announcing uh, an award winner during each game of the conference finals. Nice, nice, good stuff there. Perfect. Yeah, so, congratulations, Damba. Yeah, he deserves it. Well, got to tell you about our sponsors, Manscaped. Lawnmower 3.0 out right now. Go ahead and go to manscaped.com and use code THPN. And get 20% off plus free shipping. That's manscaped.com. Use code THPN for 20% off plus free shipping. They say when you trim the hedges, your tree stands taller. Absolutely go out and buy the Lawnmower 3.0. It's waterproof. It's got a light. It's cordless. It's a sick machine. Right, Polly? Yeah. It, it, you're not going to find anything better on the market. Absolutely. So Caps fans, go to manscaped.com and use code THPN, 20% off, plus free shipping. Your balls will thank us later. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we've been doing our kind of pump up for our other shows on the network. This week, it is the Devil's State of Mind, hosted by Neil Villapiano. A uh, good old Italian boy from the uh, the state of New Jersey lives in the Garden State. We've we had him on for Hockeyocalypse. Uh, he was actually a newcomer to the network and has been a gem, a fucking straight up butte ever since. It was uh, it's great to have him on. He's super enthusiastic. He's not only a hockey fan but knows a shit ton about all sports. So check him out uh, across avenues. But first, check out. The Devil's State of Mind. 
on the Hockey Podcast Network. Great stuff if you're a Devils fan, if you are even a Rangers fan or an Islanders fan or just want to brush up on our fellow Metro Division opponents, check out the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Neil Villapiano. Dude's a beaut, right, Polly? Absolutely. He was on our show. We were on his. He's great to talk to, and uh, he's got a good voice. I think, I think you'll enjoy hearing what he's got to say. He is. He's got that. He's got that Jersey accent. So, you know, some people may find that offensive, but I find that a bit endearing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's talk the caps real quick. You know, caps fans, there's not much to say. Um, and Polly, correct me if I'm wrong, but. Just a quick, just a quick hit here. Todd Reardon is has gone back to his old shitty team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and a power play and defensive coach uh, role, which is which is weird. Right? I mean, weird, but not if you think about it, right? Because if you're a, a good defensive mind, you know, and you can think the next step, how do I beat my good defensive system? This is how I would do it. Right. Not a not a not a bad. Uh, I guess role there, but you know, last episode we wished him luck. We said, thanks for doing getting us the cup or, you know, being a part of that cup team. Thanks for, uh, you know, wasting two years of <laughs> uh, great teams life. Um, I take it all back. I hope that his, you know, his career can only be summed up from here on out as a dumpster fire being hurled towards the sun. Uh, you know, go pu- fucking pound salt, dude. Like, I hope that you don't make the playoffs next year. I hope <laughs> that I hope that literally your team wins zero games. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he obviously has no confidence in himself at all. <laughs> Is it the hair? Yeah, it's got to be part of it. Uh I mean, he, he just so quickly jumped. I mean, either he loves Pittsburgh or he thinks he no one's going to hire him or he can't do the head coaching job anymore. So Because he could go into interviews and be like, I won two divisional titles. Like, come on. Yeah, it, it is it is shocking, I guess, to me. And, and this is why it's shit move on his part. Because it's shocking to me that he didn't hold out for a head coaching job because he literally had every excuse in the book to fail. First year he was in, they get out in seven games against a young upstart Carolina team on a cup hangover. Okay, whatever. Second year, COVID and all this other bullshit that's been going on, right? COVID and a truckload of injuries of major guys, which we haven't had happen to us in a long time. You know, we do have a quite durable team, the Washington Capitals. And to have Backstrom go down and to have John Carlson go down, I mean, those are two huge pieces, you know. Um, not to wish any fucking injury on anybody, but if Nick Dowd and, uh, you know, 
Garnet Hathaway went down or if Nick Dowd and like Siegenthaler went down or Nick Dowd and, and Gugus or Gudis. And, you know, obviously I'm just honing in on Nick Dowd for some reason, but <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no, there's no, I just was not fast enough to find another fourth liner, but you know, if, if they, if those guys went down, it really wouldn't, even if Verona went down, it wouldn't have been a bigger, a big deal. I don't right. think because Verona did nothing in the playoffs. Uh, this year or last, really. So, I, I, uh, I, I, it's weird because he. I feel like it may not have been immediate, like he wanted, but maybe he just needs to work. Like maybe he just like is that guy. Like maybe he doesn't want to take a year off and hang out with his family. Like I can relate to that. Yeah, and yeah, uh, <laughs> and maybe he just is more comfortable as an assistant. You know, some some people don't want to be the man. Some sure. people are happy being number two or number three, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, I don't think that's the case for him. But because why would you take the head coaching job? He's been groomed for this ever since joining Washington. Well, it's a, maybe he got a taste of it. He didn't like it. True. Okay, I see your point. Yeah, that that could be. That could be. But then there's also the darker side. And you want to hear the darker side? Yeah. And what may be more, more legit. He may think that he could be more successful with the Penguins and win another cup via an assistant coach position with the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins. He said he was courted heavily by them. Wow. So, well, I mean, that probably feels good. Just getting the attention. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Paulie, yes, but still. It's still on him. It's still on him to say no. I don't want to join you flightless fucking shitberg assholes uh, again. Like, I'm not, I've moved on. I'm better now than I was with you. Instead, he said, oh, no, please take me back, and fucking went back to fucking Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, um, I think he's just a wimp and uh, doesn't want to have the spotlight on him. <laughs> All right, all right. In any case, fuck him. He's now a Pittsburgh yeah. Penguin. You know, I don't care. Uh, I don't I care. I hope he does terrible. I don't. I don't care if I ever talk to him again. <laughs> I hope. I hope he does terrible. I hope he runs that fucking organization into the ground with his shitty defensive fucking, uh, his defensive prowess or whatever the fuck that drove us into the fucking ground. Um, yeah, I just, I hope that he does terribly, literally the worst, so bad, historically bad, not just with the penguins, but with the NHL in hockey, just, I hope that they look, I hope the penguins come out next year and look like a might team of tenure of, of five year olds. are just getting run over by men. Yeah. I would like that a lot. Speaking of coaches, Lavs, Peter Lavulette, Gallant, Babcock have all been interviewed for the Washington coach, Washington Capitals head coach position. The buzz that I'm hearing is that Babcock and Lavulette are front runners. What do you take of that? Well, <laughs> I mean, that's funny because 
Cap's Twitter is just obsessed with Gallant, which is fucking stupid. But they're dumb. That's what every everybody's like. Oh, we need Gallant. He's the guy. No, we don't. But I think it's funny for all those people who are just have such a hard on for him. Right. Um, I don't want to see Babcock behind the bench. I think he's just a crazy person. Um, and I don't think his attitude will mix well with some of the veterans. I, I, I don't right. think And Babcock, you know, he, he's gotten what one cup and it was with a team that I could have coached to a cup, you know, and he goes <laughs> to Toronto and he underachieved for like five years. So well, I, I don't wait, get, whoa, whoa. hold on. Let's say this Tor- he, they got Toronto. Then they got like Matthews and they got, Marner, then they got Neeland. You know, they they did this all after Babcock came back, or or during or when, but after Babcock came on. So Babs is a good coach. He's got one. Is it really just one cup with Detroit? I think he won one and lost one. I think you're right. Wow. But he's taken a team to the playoffs every year via that way. So it's it's a weird mix because again, recency bias of of Babcock. So first of all, we'll reference you to last episode as to why Gallant's a terrible idea. We don't want Bruce Boudreaux years again, even though I love barbecue Bruce. Babyface Bruce, he's my man. But um I I'm looking at what is Babcock really gonna gonna do for the team and you look at his experience in Detroit, play or coaching legends, coaching future Hall of Famers in Holmstrom, um, Zetterberg, Datsuk. I mean, coaching these guys who are old school in the sense of probably work ethic and, and how a coach should be. Um, I just, I, I, and I get that he was. Some stuff came out where it didn't look great for him in that sense, right? With Toronto and trying to reel in all these young guys. But I do think that he he did have them playing a system, at least. Uh, you know, whether his... I mean, he didn't make it past the first round, I don't think, in, with, with Toronto. No, I think he blew a couple game sevens. Yeah, so... I, I and I'm tr- all I'm trying to do here is play devil's advocate. I do not think he'd be a good fit with with the Caps, but if you take the Toronto biz out of it and go back to his time with Detroit when Toronto got Babcock, everybody was like, "Holy fuck, Toronto's going to win a cup in 5 years." Within that right. first contract, right? Yeah. Yeah, he definitely had high expectations. And the the results and nuts to 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 back it up, right? Yeah. So you if you take Toronto out of it and you look at that and you say, man, five years ago, four years ago, I'd love to have Babcock as a coach, but we had Barry Trotz and ended up winning a cup. And if you look at the way that the Caps, okay, so obviously we have a very limited sample size here because Caps only won the cup once. And they've only been to the Stanley Cup Finals once, and they've only been to the Eastern Conference Finals once in the Ovechkin era, right? Yeah. So during that time, they had Barry Trotz, who was quite the player's coach, led on respect, 
did not lead on hounding you and grinding you into the dust to break you down to build you up, right? He didn't lead that way. Right. right. I feel that Babcock does. That's very much a bad. He will. He will motherfucking cuss you out, beat you, break you down physically. You know, skate bag skate the fuck out of you if you fuck up for even minor details. Is Ovechkin at at you know thirty? What's he, 35, 30, 35 now? Is I think he he'll be? be 35. Yeah. Is a 35-year-old Ovechkin going to just eat that shit? Uh, I don't think so. Because the Washington Capitals go by way of Ovechkin, right? I mean, come on. Ovechkin has – he killed Bruce Boudreaux. <laughs> he, I wouldn't call him a coach killer, but you're not going to – you're not going to trade Ovechkin over firing a coach ever. Right. So, I mean, what's your, what's your, who would you rather be coached by? Laviolette or Babcock? Laviolette. Um, I mean, I've, Laviolette still seems like he has, you know, some authoritarian to him, but he's, he's more of a player's coach. He, he seems to me to kind of be between, he seems more like a trots. Right. Um, and I just it's think probably a little harder having a coach that can, who can, uh, I would rather have a coach that will motherfuck you when you have to, but not all the time. Like Babcock. I mean, the mind games that Babcock plays according to certain interviews just seems like the kind of stuff that would make me hate being around the guy. And I, I, wouldn't play hard as hard because I kind of want him to get fired. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, and you know what, you know who we need to get back on is Steph to see what labs was like. We should hit him up. I don't think he had labs. Did he? Yeah. His first year. Cause remember he was talking about how uh, he pulled him to the front of the bus and was like, Hey, Steph, you had a pretty good year in, in college. You had pretty good stats in college. And he was like, it was the first fucking time anybody looked at my stats. Yeah. Yeah. I think at least. And he was, he was just there for his first year. Uh, it's true. Oh yeah. First year. Um, right? First year with the Thunderbird or the Nailers. Yes. Yeah. It was the Nailers. It was 97, 98, I guess. I don't know why I thought Lovulet was there earlier, but yeah. Okay. Word. All right. Well, I mean, that's all we got on the Caps. Tell us about the ECHL. So the Capitals affiliate, the South Carolina Stingrays, um, they have rebranded a little bit and they're now rocking the red. Uh, Their new unis look, I mean, it looks like a Caps uniform with a different logo. Uh, Looks pretty good. I don't think we're going to see that from our AHL time in a AHL team anytime soon. Right. Because they're literally chocolate, but um, <laughs> yep. I know a lot of affiliates seem to be trending this way to match their NHL club. And uh, it looks pretty good. If you check out their Twitter, they have, uh, they have some tweets about it. It's been about a week maybe. And uh, it looks good. That's cool. I don't particularly like that though. Like I don't particularly like the um, ECHL or the the H- AHL team m- mimicking the big club. I kind of like them to have their own identity. 
You know, I kind of, and then you kind of have to be like in the know to know yeah. that they're. I, I think it helps them save a little bit of money, like on <laughs> gloves and helmets and stuff. If, I don't know if they send the guy with, like, take your gloves with you when you go up. I don't know. <laughs> but, a... I mean, I agree. Like, you know, the Wheeling Nailers, they, they were black and red since 92. And recently they've transitioned to penguin colors. And it's just annoying because, you know, that's not what their identity was. So you make a fair point. It, it, it takes away from what the affiliate in their home base have as their own identity. Right, right. So... But the Stingrays are already this color. Okay. They just kind of changed the jersey. It's not like they changed the colors. They just changed the jersey layout. Yeah. Okay. And I that's what I thought. I thought the Stingrays were already red, white, and blue. So that's just good, solid branding from the get-go. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think that uh, I think that uh, if, if they made the change, I mean, whatever. That's, that's cool. But hopefully they stay true to their identity, which I'm sure they will. Yeah. So, I know we've droned on. Well, God damn, Polly, we gotta start. I I don't know if Cavs fans even like this show. Um, so if you guys like this show, just you know, do us a favor, rate us on Apple or wherever you're listening. Rate us five stars only. And, five stars only. And let us know because we're not really sure. We're just kind of sitting here bullshitting and obviously drinking. So. We might be getting way off course on a lot of things. Tell us how we can improve, but still give us five stars. Five stars only. (laughs) All right. Well, with that, let us send you off to our interview with the state of Hoppy. He is a co-host on the Soda Pod on the Hockey Podcast Network. They rep the Minnesota Wild. Awesome guys. Ish is the... I guess other co-host and I guess he's boss man on the network, right? He's, he's the creator, one of the creators of the network and uh state of hoppy graced us with his presence. And we, we kind of talk about uh beer hockey and in honor, right? Polly. Oh, Jesus. Uh, all yeah. right. <laughs> well, we'll let you guys figure that one out, but I uh, hope you guys enjoy this interview. that snack poly cupcakes and we are being joined by a very special 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 guest state of hoppy of the soda pod on the hockey podcast network hoppy buddy how you doing man i'm doing good and i gotta imagine troll the only reason you're buttering me up like that is because it took you what month and a half to even see my dm that i sent you (laughs) so this this whole segment has been uh for, for everyone who doesn't know, it has been a long time in the making because you were brought onto the Hockey Podcast Network as a bit of a late addition. And um, and then I, I first thought that you were like a brewery yourself. So I was like, send me beer. Send us beer. We'll, we'll, we'll have you on. You know, obviously me trying to get free shit. Um, and then you actually DM'd me after one of the uh, um, 
late night. Uh, what, what are they fucking even calling it? What are they calling? Oh man, your your after hours showing was pretty epic that night. <laughs> yeah, where I was blacking out on on the after hours, um, and uh, and you were like, yeah, man, well, I'll send you some beers because you reside actually in the state of Minnesota. Is that correct? That is correct, man. And and that is and and you're a um, well. I guess we'll just give you the moniker hyper beer snob, I guess, as far as uh, <laughs> aficionado. It's funny, man. I don't know. Each has a bigger beer snob than me. Like if I tell him that I drink any beer that's under 5%, he's like just poo-poos it immediately. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely like I'm picky and I've got like my places that I like and my styles of beer that I like, but I'll try anything. It's not like I'm above any kind of beer except for Miller Lite. That shit's piss, but <laughs> – like any any light beer outside of that, like I'm I'm pretty good with. It's just a matter of kind of finding what my thing is at each brewery and knowing which ones I do and don't want to return to. Fair enough. And and uh, something I didn't know about Minnesota is that there's a huge craft beer scene. Yeah, man, it's pretty crazy to be honest. I mean, you look at just you know, obviously it doesn't compare to some of the meccas you got on the East Coast. You look at you know San Diego. You look up at Portland and Seattle, like. I'm not at all trying to put us in that kind of light, but when you look at the middling states, the states that are you know, definitely not as on the map from any perspective, I mean, shit, most people are surprised that Minnesota has four, all four major professional sports. So yeah, it, the, the brewery scene out here though, man, I'm, I'm telling you, like I've gone out, I've gone to some of the other you know, hotspots throughout the country. Like it stacks up somewhat competitively and you look at you know i'm sure you guys just because of the college hockey team you know umd bulldogs you know what duluth minnesota is or have at least heard of it right oh yeah yeah apparently they have the most breweries per capita of any city in the country no shit interesting yeah man it's crazy and to be completely honest man the breweries are pretty damn good up there too wow so not just hipster trash that's that's a (laughs) <laughs> that's that's a good thing for sure and and anyways you actually did follow through and you you put me on the spot because obviously I was just like haha joking but uh you're like yeah man I'll send you some 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 of the brews that I really like in my town and why don't you do the same so I have sent you some stuff from a local brewery called Brewkeepers and and that's basically one of what two or three in the area Polly Yeah um <clears throat> definitely one of the top three that get business around here i'd say it's probably the best yeah as i think so too there's another place called hightower that uh really uh they they specialize in sours and then they mix in like they'll just throw like peanut butter in it (laughs) like literal peanut butter so because you know the sour is kind of like an ambiguous uh base to work off of and right and, and you can kind of mask it or well augment it with any any sort of real other uh other flavoring but uh but i mean look man let's get let's get right into it maybe we'll have some brews and talk a little hockey um what should we uh which should we go with one let's go with one of yours first because me and paulie are thirsty over here which one should i try first well i mean it's tough man because like i'd love to tell you to open the hefa because i know that's your go-to style yeah. It's not going to stand out. Like it's not going to be much different than most Hefeweizens are. Um, okay. My personal favorite is going to be the peanut butter porter there, Dangerous Man. But a really unique one, the the one that I sent you each a 16-ouncer of, the Immortal Toast, that one will 
definitely surprise you guys too. So either of those two, I'd say lead with, and you can have the half of eyes and maybe be a little, a little splitter for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's go with, let's go with that immortal toast, Polly. Um, now tell us about this beer. Let's, let's rep your boys here. Yeah, man. This one's actually a cool one to talk about. Isha and I have talked about it a few times on the soda pod. Um, so bad weather brewing, it's just a couple blocks down from XL energy center out here. So great spot to stop at before you go to the game. Uh, they do a pretty good job across the board with their beers. There's not really a style that they miss on, Okay. but this one, the immortal toast that you're drinking or about to drink. Yeah. Um, it's actually something that the owner and his dad would brew together. And, uh, his father actually passed away just about two years ago now. And so he came out with this beer called the immortal toast toasting to his dad. Yeah. Immortalizing um, him a little bit. I get it. Yeah, dude. But the the beer style itself, so it's a white stout. Which yeah, and, and I'm holding it up to the camera. It's it's it looks like a light beer almost, but it is still a yeah. stout. Very cool. So essentially, what it is, it's it's a stout in every sense of the word. They just don't use dark malts to brew it. So you're still getting that rich flavor. You're getting everything from that stout. It's just not as heavy. It's not as dark. Yeah. No. This is incredible. Yeah, I, I like that because if you were just to get it, just if you were just a blind taste. If you just handed me this, I wouldn't think that it was um, a stout at all. I would think like, oh, wow, never. that is an incredible. I mean, even like a lager, like that is an incredible light, lighter beer. Hmm. Goddamn, Polly, what do you think, dude? Yeah, I I think it's uh, it's it's a smooth stout. Um, you know, there's a there's an oatmeal stout I really like, but this, I think, has replaced it as my favorite stout. Uh, it's it's smooth. Wow. Yeah, I'm also I'm looking at it, and uh, okay, my favorite craft stout. I, I'll say that. Uh, sure. I feel like I'm in beer fest with the color of this thing. Yeah, and <laughs> it's got like a pretty strong kind of like coffee um, hint there. Obviously, being a toast, I guess that's kind of it, but. This is a very drinkable, everyday drinkable. I could probably drink four or five of these. And that's kind of the nice thing too, man. Like, cause out here, I know we're a little bit different that like in Minnesota, there's going to be porters and stouts year round where there's a lot of parts of the country that kind of shut that down until fall and winter. Right. But even if you were to go that route, like you can have this any time of the year. No question. Sure, man. This is, this is fucking awesome. So, um, so, and it, you know, we were talking right before this, but uh, how about those New York fucking Islanders? Dude. I'll, I'll be the first to say, like, I'm sure anyone that listens to the Hockey Podcast Network probably tunes into Spit and Chicklets. I was right there with Ryan Whitney being like, I, I can't pick the Islanders. They're just so goddamn boring. <laughs> they shoved that right up my hoop. Like, holy shit. <laughs> like, obviously, we knew what Barzell could do, but you see the other guys coming to the forefront. Like Eberly looks like I haven't seen him all regular season. Um, right. You know, Anders Lee, we all know that he can put the puck in the net, but it, it really is kind of, you know, intermittent. Like we don't know when he's going to show up and when he's not, but it, they've really shown us like they can definitely compete. I, I did, even though I didn't pick him in the first round, me and Isha are doing uh, beer bets for each round, whichever okay. series we don't agree on. Uh, we did agree on this one, unfortunately. I thought I was going to be able to get him to go for the Flyers, but we both <laughs> went Islanders. Wow. Um, <clears throat> I I still would have picked the Flyers, 
I think. And I think Polly's with me on that because Polly was high on the Flyers uh, early in the season. But, uh, and and you giving props to Anders Lee, I can see Polly's boner through his pants right now because he's a big Notre Dame guy. And uh, you know, he's also from Minnesota. Not a big deal. Oh, hey, there you are. And, and that guy, I mean, seriously, like, how old is Anders now? Like 33, 34? I don't think he's that old, man. Really? Holy fuck. I 30, mean, 31, 30, wow. maybe 32. Past 30, wrong, though? though? Definitely past 30, right? Yeah, he's definitely past 30. Yeah, and I mean, what a big body. He's just there for it. I mean, he's feeling it. And he is getting rewarded for just being a big motherfucker in front of the net. Like, last game, he just backhanded it, was on the power play, was looking for the backdoor guy. And, uh, oh, and then he didn't send it. Yep. Yeah. And just straight <laughs> Poor in Carter Hart. Cause he read that pass the whole way too. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And just boom, right in the net. I mean, I mean, he flung that with some serious velocity to his very brutish play, but yeah, Polly, I mean, what are you thinking over there? I bet you, you love that. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that's the kind of style of hockey I love. I'm, I'm not a speedster. Uh, I, I kind of played with, physicality and I, I could bang at home every now and then. So, uh, I, I can really relate to him. And like troll said, huge Notre Dame fan. So, uh, when you talked about UMD, that kind of hurt a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you. Don't worry. I'm, I am not a Duluth fan at all. I'm a depressed gopher fan. So Oof. yeah, UMD has been hot. Um, I think they beat Notre Dame in the finals and then the next year in the frozen four. So, uh, not a big fan of them. That's completely understandable. And you know what? I, I will give Anders Lee this too. Like he is a guy that like absolutely plays with honor. So he gets <laughs> right into what you're looking for, Polly. Yeah, man. Play with honor. <laughs> Holy fuck. That, that's going to be a hashtag. I can feel it here soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Polly, let me see that Hefeweizen. We'll, we'll go in the middle there. Yeah. Crack that thing. Peanut butter. Peanut butter, Hefeweizen? No, no, no. The peanut butter is not the Hefeweizen. Oh. Oh, oh, oh this is the... Give me the oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. I'm not reading labels. Polly's a bit of a rube. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, is this... Um, okay, so the first the first one was by oh, Bad shit. Weather Brewing Company? Bad Weather Brewing Company, right in St. Paul. Again, like, easy walk to the rink to okay. watch a game. And this is from the Hefeweizen is called Hooft Gold, and it is Barrel Theory Beer Company. Is that right? Yeah, man. And Barrel Theory is the phenomenal brewery out here. Uh, I honestly lean more towards their IPAs, and I know people out here at least really love their sours. I'm not really a huge fan of sours in general. I'm kind of trying to work myself up to it, but yeah. uh, they're. Uh, <laughs> They were one of the first breweries that we reviewed on the podcast once I hopped on with Isha, and their brewer, their beer names are just next level. Like they're all named after like something from a movie or something that's like pop culture. Like my favorite is the Shooter McGavin. Oh, nice! <laughs> um, but yeah, they they crush it. We actually gave the power ratings for their top ten beers. I'll have to have Isha dig that back up. Nice, uh, funny story. I've recently taken up the game of golf. And oh. I'm really fucking bad, but it is fun. It's, it's mostly an excuse for me to leave and like 
drink beer. You get to drive a cart and drink all day. Like, yeah. What's to hate? Exactly. Exactly. I'm I'm a fan of this this yeah. stuff here. This is nice. Mm. And again, guys, like most of the the Hefeweizens that I have, like similar, like it's not super distinguished. Like you tell me firsthand, like what do you think of this compared to most of the Hefeweizens you drink? So one of my favorite big brand, which is I guess still kind of considered craft, would be the UFO Hef, and I like this better. I think the UFO is good, but I do like this better because I think it's got a little bit more uh, depth to it, more flavor. Yeah, I think it's nice and smooth. Uh, again, I, I think this is – I could keep drinking. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this this is good stuff. Plus, the, like like Troll said, the name, <laughs> Hoofed Gold. <laughs> yeah. um, well, hey, if you, guys, if you guys aren't stroking me off right now and just saying what I want to hear, you definitely need to make the trip out to Minnesota whenever the – whenever this uh, all gets past us. But yeah, right. come out, see the Caps play when they're here, and have some really good beer. That because be you haven't even awesome. had my favorite one I sent you yet, so. Oh yeah, fucking a, and so um, well, going back to some of the beers, I know that you sampled a couple pre-show, right? Um, I had I had one of them earlier today, yeah. Okay, uh, and which one was it? I'm not gonna lie, man. I was pretty pleased with the coffee beer. Okay, the Highlander Coffee Stout. Yeah. Yep. Um, and these, you know, for being a stout, it was pretty like mellow and drinkable. Like I expected it to be like, especially, I don't know if you guys know this, but in Minnesota, we do not get these 32 ounces. Like we get, I think it's maybe 25. Yeah. Like we aren't allowed to sell them that size because Minnesota has the stupidest liquor laws in the country. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, but here, yeah. here in West Virginia, we like to drink. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not much else to do, right? Yeah. Like you're goddamn right. <laughs> oh, man. But no, man, that, that one drank really good. It even had, like, so uh, my wife tried it a little bit, too, and both of us just right away caught, like, a little hint of almost, like, maple syrup along mm. with it. Yeah. But a good, solid coffee beer, um, like, that alone right away set the pace for, you know, me being excited to crack open the rest of these. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, um, I'm... And and these guys are definitely dedicated. Uh, I think um, you know because the craft beer scene is, I would say, I mean, somewhat new here in in Wheeling. So yeah, I'd say it, it's got a bigger presence around the state. A lot of people probably don't realize this because they probably just think of West Virginia as a real backward hillbilly hillbilly area, but which it is. Yeah, but uh, it's actually grown into quite a bit of a hipster scene. Um, and so you go around town around different towns around the state and you know, it's just a bunch of hiking, outdoor sports, skiing, and then there's just craft breweries in the, in the little towns. And, uh, West Virginia is getting a pretty diverse craft scene and wheeling has slowed its way in, but, uh, brew keepers, you know, they have a nice setup in downtown they have a garage door that they open up during good weather. So, I love those, man. That's uh, great. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's in like a historic part of Wheeling. It's called Center Market <clears throat> where there's like a lot of little shops in this little area that you could walk around. And uh, yeah, they have this like garage door that opens up in like a patio. And then you can go in and actually um, see like the operation. I mean, it's basically a canning and distrib- distribution draft house. But they also have a, another location that's within walking distance of, of that 
where they actually do the brewing and, and they definitely take it serious and, um, have, have quickly really become the, uh, quote unquote, I guess, authority in wheeling, I would say. Yeah. That's and cool. They even, uh, the one area, they throw, uh, some board games down. So when I go there with my, my dad and my brothers, we <laughs> just drink some craft beer and crank, uh, cards against humanity. <laughs> there you go. Well, and so, I mean, you guys said that uh, it's a pretty new beer scene out there in Wheeling. Like, how long has this brewery been there? Who? Uh, five years? Yeah, probably about okay. five. It's it's just, it's such a dive bar area that I think the, the craft brewing kind of just took some effort to make sure that people would like it. Because a lot of people around here are your drinking Bud Light out of a bottle at their local uh, right. neighborhood bar, Bush Light, yeah. yeah, you know it's it's a uh, like like Polly said. I mean, <clears throat> Wheeling is rife with sports clubs, churches, and titty bars. So yeah, and we have a casino. So uh, you know, any vice, you know, back in the day, Wheeling used to be the Wild West almost. I mean, people from Pittsburgh would actually come down and party in Wheeling because you could basically. Do anything, do whatever the hell you want. Anything. Exactly, right, right. And and um, you know, speaking of Pittsburgh, uh, you are a closeted or are you out as a Penguins? Uh, fan? No, Isha outed me instantly because <laughs> like I don't I don't care about being outed. It was more like let's let the Minnesota people not hate me too much right away. But <laughs> no, he like instantly. I'm like, yeah, man, let's like keep it under wraps for a little bit. And he like <laughs> the first episode is like. Yeah, so uh, he's uh, also a Pittsburgh fan. I'm like, all right, thanks, man. <laughs> I mean, but now I, it's out there. Now it's out there, and he he pulls for the Capitals a little bit too, so we can kind of go back and forth on that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can understand your shame that's involved with with liking such a team, but uh, but yeah, I mean, both our teams, man. As far as the Metro goes, is kind of um in a in a shitty uh, situation. Polly, pour it. Paulie's trying to pour this, and he's spilling it everywhere. Pour it on the lip, dude. Oh, I'm fucking it up, too. Yeah. I'm fucking it up, too. Uh, we've had a few drinks today already, so real nice. We'll have to get the, the dog in here to clean that it's up. It's okay, guys. Isha had a beer tonight, first night in uh, his new office where he's broadcasting, and spilled it all over his laptop. <laughs> Jesus. So, oh, no. <laughs> we're, we're all just on pace tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. All right, so... We're about to so t- so tell me how how did you become a Penguins fan? I mean, how where did what in your life went wrong? So so many things. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to sit here and have like a therapy session, but uh, <laughs> really, it comes down to the North Stars getting shipped down to Dallas when I was four, Oof. and not having a team. And to be completely honest, it was something where. Uh, one of my teachers, like we had to do, I think I was in like third grade. They made us do like really easy, short picture book biography reports. And okay. like all of them looked boring as shit to me. And I just didn't pick one. And my teacher gave me a Mario Lemieux one, read that and instantly thought that he was the greatest hockey player in the world. And I haven't looked back since. <laughs> okay, dude. So I have this really fucked up uh, story that parallels that when okay. I was in eighth grade, I had just moved to Fairfax County, Virginia. What's up, 703? And um, I 
social. I don't fucking remember what stupid fucking class it was, but they're, they're all like, the yeah. same fucking thing. But they come up with a new name every year to make us confused. <laughs> exactly, and they're like, you have to do a book report on an athlete that or a sports figure that you liked. And I was like, well, I like, I love hockey, but I didn't want to do Gretzky because that was like, that was so Cop basic, up. right? So. Yep. I went and I did some research and I was like, oh, it's Mario Lemieux guy. He's, he's apparently pretty good. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I read a book about him and, um, and God damn, I'm probably gonna get flamed for this, Polly. Yeah. But I, I fucking, I gassed him up. I gassed him up the entire time. If, if it was, if it was, you know, 33 year old hockey troll, I would just be, I would go up in front of the class and be like, Mario Lemieux is a fucking piece of shit. No. <laughs> Lost a Stanley Cup at his goddamn pool. Guy has no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, though? I'll, I'll even give you the cop out here, man. It's it's okay. Like, it's the same as me saying that you know Ovechkin's probably going to go down as the best goal scorer in the NHL. Doesn't yeah. mean I think he's the best player in the league right now. Doesn't mean that I like the Capitals. Like, you call it what it is. Like, you got to give credit Lemieux's where credit's one of the best. due. Right, right. Credit where credit's due. Um, all right, so we have we – have, we've popped this uh, – the uh the the stout here um where's the, the what is it the okay so dangerous, dangerous man. man and yep. so tell us about this thing as we're as we're partaking Dude, this one's got a special place in my heart to be honest and i went out of my way to make sure i got this one for you guys i mean if if you i don't know what your opinion is on peanut butter so that'll heavily influence whether or not you like the beer Trust me, we but, like peanut butter. Yeah, love it. <laughs> there we go. Well, then this should be your favorite one I sent you. So, like, right out of college, like, I wasn't really into the craft beer scene at all in college. It was literally give me bush light and let me shove 30 of them down my throat. Sure. Like, so, out of college, like, friends are trying to get me to go to breweries and stuff. Like, I finally meet up with some of them at this place called Dangerous Man, northeast Minneapolis. And I walk in and I first thing i see on the menu is peanut butter i'm like what the fuck (laughs) it's a beer right they're like yeah it's a beer i'm like and it's good they're like people tell us it is i'm like shit i'll try it okay and that was my gateway beer man like i had that i'm like oh shit this is what good beer tastes like (laughs) cool so like it i mean i've definitely had a couple of beers that i liked more than that since that time but it it still is heralded it is my favorite beer like i just love it it's a lot of the peanut butter beers out here because there is actually a pretty big peanut butter porter scene in minnesota it's its own um, scene wow it, it is man and <laughs> they they get a little sweet sometimes like it's almost too much yeah this one is nice and roasty mellow you get enough of the peanut butter flavor but like no bullshit just a straight drinker yeah, and, and you know what, man? Um, one thing I will say, and, and Polly, correct me if, if you think I'm wrong, but everything that you've sent is highly drinkable. I could drink a couple of these, and it's it's a dark stout. I mean, you know, I'm holding it up to the camera. I mean, that's black. You can't see through that. Uh, I think that the, I think the whole, the common, if I were to put a common uh, theme amongst all of these beers, and maybe it's it's me being ignorant in the in the fact of like what good great beer is or whatever but all of these have whether it be a stout or a half super drinkable i not like oh i need i can only drink one and then i'm like full and i can't i can't even go out and like take shots you know if this is <laughs> i can see myself drinking like 
two, maybe even three of these large ones here that you've sent. Yeah, man. And certainly, I mean, those are certainly handpicked. There's definitely some out here that you drink one, you're going to feel like you ate a meal and you're going to be buckled off one beer. But, <laughs> um, you know, they, they have the full spread. But, yeah, those ones, I agree. Those are all very drinkable for their category. And, again, had to send my friends the best. Hey, good looking out, man. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, Do you want to uh, tap into this Deathwind IPA? Because you're, you're an IPA guy, right? That's what I'm enjoying right now, man. Okay, good. And it's going to kind of go along the theme of what we've been talking about. Uh, this is a really like mellow, crisp, drinkable IPA, which it, it's hard to come by because a lot of times if you get those, it almost seems like it's watered down. Sure. Like, there's plenty that I've had where I drank and I'm like, okay, so I can like taste the flavor here. Like this was a good beer that they filled like two thirds of the way and then they put water in. Like, right. This, I don't feel that way with, and it's got a nice balance. Like, I'm very open that I prefer, like, more of the tropical-type hops. Like, I love Simcoe and Mosaic-inspired okay. beers, and I'm not usually as big on, you know, the the piney, the bitter. Like, I don't want to drink a fucking Christmas tree. Right. Um, but this is kind of a nice balance between the two. Like, you get a little bit of that, like, vintage piney feel. But there's also a little bit of that tropical taste to it. So, like, all of that culminated with, again, just a smooth, crisp, drinkable beer. Like, I could definitely crush this 32. No nice. problem. Great. Well, I'm sure our boys at, at Brewkeepers will, will love to hear that. Um, man, I mean, yeah, this is uh, – I'm, I'm pumped. This is – I'm – I am highly impressed. So I was, I was like, all right, he's going to send us something that I'm going to fucking hate. There's got to be one, right? There's got to be one that I fucking hate. But all of these have been really fucking good. Polly, what do you think? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I am very impressed with all of these, uh, especially the peanut butter. That's new to me, and I'm very thankful for it. I'm just trying to uh, spread the good word, man. I love yeah. peanut butter beers. Um, you know, that's one of the best things about craft beer is how much they experiment with the flavors. Uh, this peanut butter thing, I, I just can't get over it. <laughs> I think, so that's your favorite? Is that your, the, the peanut butter? Yeah. I'm going to go, and you know, I told you, I was like, yo, man, you got to give me a half because I, I want to, that's my <laughs> that's my favorite type of beer. But I'm, I'm going to go with, and, and I told you that stouts and, you know, and, and, you know, if there's a dunker or something like those would be the second, but I am loving this immortal toast. I think that's my favorite out of all the three. I think that the immortal toast is my favorite. Paula, you liked the, uh, the, uh, the peanut butter. The half isn't bad. Don't get me wrong. Very drinkable, very good, but it's hard to stand out with a half though, man. 100%. It is right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, like this you, is you can you can fuck up a half of ice, and you can't really like make it like that next peg up. Really. Right. I feel like a half of ice is great as long. It's like it's like is if you're doing everything perfect, it's as if you've done nothing at all with a half of ice. Right. It, it's the Ryan Suter man. <laughs> just don't be, just don't be noticed, and you're doing your job. <laughs> perfect. Perfect, man. All right. Well, listen. Who do you got winning the cup? I, and all I've got to say is as long as it's not Vegas, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know. Okay. I can work with that. Uh, it's going to be Dallas versus Tampa. Oof. And I'm – dude, it's, 
with the way they're buzzing right now, I want to say Dallas, but I think if you can get Stamkos back for the final round and they can stay healthy and not lose a headman like they somehow historically keep losing headman in the playoffs. Um, But if, yeah, if they can stay healthy, I I say Tampa over Dallas. And okay. And so then I'm guess on the East then, do you, do you see the Islanders coming out of their series? Oh yeah. I absolutely see the Islanders coming out of their series. Okay. And so how many games does the Tampa Islanders series go? That's the real question. Cause this is kind of a flashback to playing against the blue jackets, man, suffocating right. stern right. defensive play a little bit more of a punch though, offensively. Um, and I, I will say, I think that the Blue Jackets are definitely a team that's going to wear you down a little bit more than the Islanders, but we're splitting hairs on both sides. They're basically playing the Blue Jackets again, and I don't think that's going to be lost on them. I see Tampa in six, but honestly, like going to seven wouldn't be a huge shock. And hey, if the Islanders come back to earth, maybe it's done quicker. But I think it'll be a very interesting series that, again, People don't want to see like the all defense, like two to one wins throughout a series. I think right. this gives you that perfect punch of like, we've got one team that has pumped up goals. We've got one team that's been solid defensively, but on the other hand, you've got Vasilevsky and net arguably best top three, whatever goaltender. Sure. And on the Islanders side, they've shown that they can score. So it's going to be blows back and forth. Like there's going to be a one zero win. There's going to be a six, four win. Like it's just going to be all over the map. Right, and I can't agree more, and, and I, I 100% agree with, like, nobody wants to see the two defensive teams go, like, slam their heads together, right, Polly? Yeah. I mean, I would. Right. And and I like, I mean... It's honorable. I, right? <laughs> it's honorable. Oh, Jesus. Man, but just... I, I will defend Polly though, and what he was saying before about, like, he had Philly picked for this series. Like, on paper, Philly is the vastly superior team to the Islanders. Sure. But you saw what they did in the the play-ins. Like, they didn't have to do anything. You had two teams in Washington and Boston that you knew weren't going to do shit because they didn't care. Right. Like, they were getting through. They wanted to get healthy, and they just wanted to get comfortable. Um, Philly comes out on top as the one seed, shows me absolutely nothing against Montreal. Like, great. Carter Hart put up two shutouts. He really didn't have to do shit to earn them. Right. Uh, like they just didn't look engaged. They didn't look like they gave a shit. And when you see that in an actual seven game series, it's hard to have much faith in them bouncing back in this next series where again, Islanders are vastly superior to the Canadians. Yeah. And I think, I mean, to your point, Tampa Bay is hungry from being embarrassed and the heat's off them at this point, right? Everybody's already counting them out because they got embarrassed last season. And then you have the Islanders team who nobody thought would, I mean, well, who had a chance to get through the caps and obviously did in a very embarrassing way for us. But, you know, you can lose to Montreal. So there's that. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What, uh, (laughs) always here to make us feel better. Thanks, Hoppy. But, uh, I try, (laughs) but you know, I mean, I just think that the thing with the Islanders is that you're getting every line change. You're getting the same. We just talked about this. Every line change, you're getting the same fucking thing every time. 
and it's the exact same. It's almost just a replica of the next line, right? Um, because the talent drop off isn't huge, and everybody's bought into the system. So it it's interesting, and and I think smart money is on Tampa Bay, and at this point Dallas, but. I I kind of have faith in the Avalanche here to come back. If there's I mean, any that's team been that a series, man, where a team goes up by three and like the other one is definitely not out of the race. Like I've literally sure. watched every game, watched on Bovada, and as soon as it hits two nothing or three nothing, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna bet on the one that's behind because <laughs> history has shown me that it's gonna be like a six five or a five four final, and it could go either way. Like it's it's ridiculous. Um, I. Colorado scares me, man, for sure, yeah. with what they have. And so my preseason bets uh, will exclude the Penguins. Um, <laughs> I Throughout the season and preseason, just when the odds hit at the right spot, I've got money on Vegas, Tampa, Philly, and Dallas. So if wow. I'm still a little worried, but like right now <laughs> I'm sitting pretty good to somehow come out with money. Sure, absolutely. And I mean – Polly, I know Polly is also a closet uh, Avalanche fan. So Polly was telling me, I mean, what do you think, dude? As far as this series goes, if there's any, I think if there's any team right now in the playoffs that's going to come back from a three-one deficit, it's got to be the Avalanche, right? Yeah, I I think the Avalanche have that ability over anyone else, but uh, I just don't have a whole lot of faith because. Like Hoppy said, Dallas is buzzing. They are. They are. Yeah, and that's my biggest thing for you too, Polly. Like, this probably won't make you feel any better, but it's not even the Avalanche. Like, they're not playing badly. They're not doing anything wrong. You need Dallas to come back down to earth. Because, like, again, the reason that I had money on them coming into the season, for whatever reason, Vegas put them at, like, 25-1 to for the Cup. You Mm. look at their roster top to bottom, the talent is ridiculous but they vastly underperformed this year. Like their sure. forwards were not scoring, but I think a lot of them had career lows in shooting percentages, even coming into the round Robin. Like I thought that they were going to come out as the one seed kind of like Philly did because top dogs don't care. And I thought they might finally catch some of that scoring buzz. Holy shit. Did they look bad? <laughs> and here they are now going up against the avalanche and Holy shit. That's just a completely different team. Right. And as far as, uh, underperformance goes. I think that's been the theme for the Dallas stars the past, what, four years. I mean, I wouldn't say that last year. I'd say last year, Jamie Ben just needed a little bit more curve on his stick. <laughs> Tell him about Jamie Ben there, Polly. I think he's a fucking psycho. <laughs> no honor. None whatsoever. No honor. Zero honor. He's the most dishonorable <laughs> man in the league. Oh man. Dishonorable man. I won't, I won't even go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> all right all right, all right. Poor, all right so. poor clumsy you know just out of his element like hasn't adapted to life in america yet moving from canada you can't help but feel bad for tom wilson oh come oh. on like guy gets guy gets labeled as this like headhunter horrible person like right if i was that clumsy i wouldn't want people making fun of me and labeling me as some kind of killer how it's, how dare it's a you shame take... to see it i think how... that's worse that's worse <laughs> yeah how dare you take St. Thomas's name in vain? He is a saint. He's never done anything wrong. He is just a beautiful skater. And you know what? At 18 years old, he was making the biggest hitters in the league look like children. So 
if you can't appreciate the way that guy plays, I mean, he plays like every junior coach wants you to play, right? Like everything that moves and touches the puck gets fucking murdered. <laughs> if Jamie, you know ben- like honestly, all all differences aside, like you need a Tom Wilson type player on your team. Like that's been a big part of everything that the Capitals have done in the postseason. It's just like I know you guys will never agree with me, but. Maybe just don't leave your skates and direct your hits at the head 90% of the time. That's all. Well, I said earlier today that if Jamie Benn played in the East, he would have Tom Wilson's reputation. He might. Maybe. I don't think and, – and I agree. But I don't think – I don't think because Jamie Benn is, is older now, I don't think that he would – and well, he came up early, but – I don't because of Tom Wilson, like the way he came into the league was crazy, right? Now that we're talking that about that was it pretty depth. nuts. Because he was just fighting everyone and beating the shit out of people and then oh hey, he has a little bit of scoring knack. You know, after, after like his sophomore year he started to score a little bit and then the year after that, I mean he's improved his goal stats every year. But um <laughs> I you're right. I I honestly I think Tom Wilson's probably the next captain of the of the Washington Capitals. After really? it's done, I do, I really do because there's uh, a huge. Well, look at <clears throat> look at the Washington Capitals. A big, I mean, they they are constantly rewarding. Well, hang, hang on, troll. How, how about we lead with this? How much longer is Ovi going to play? Ooh, well, Paula, we were just talking about this. I think I think Ovi plays till he's forty, but so another five years at least. And yeah. if he if he gets. Close to breaking the record, if he hasn't by the time he's 40, he signs a one-year deal until he does. What about you, Paulie? What do you think? Yeah, I think he's got a five-year max. Really? Yeah. So 40. That's 40, right? Yeah, I think he's 34. <laughs> so he'll turn 35 next season. So, yeah. I and- I, I think he plays until the wheels fall off, guys. Like, right. I, I see him... Uh, especially even more so than Crosby. Like I think Crosby can play till he's 40 if his head doesn't break open first, but Ovechkin's just the kind of guy, like he's a gamer. Like he gets up for this shit. Oh yeah. And yes, he wants to break the scoring record, but he's not going to like beat it by two and be like, all right guys, peace out off to Russia. Like, no, he (laughs) is going to do everything he can to make sure that no one else can ever sniff that record. And he is, I mean, he's like the Jordan in that, like, I've, I've been watch. I watched The Last Dance, and he... Oh, that's that, the only way you can get me interested in basketball, man. That exactly. Was exactly. And you know what? You know what the best part of The Last Dance was? The fucking soundtrack. But that's another... That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. But, look, I mean, he is... He's such a... You're right. He he gets up for this stuff. Um, he has never been an underperformer in the playoffs or in any other fucking season he's ever played in the NHL. So, like... You know the the ire that he's drawn and the disconnected remote and all that bullshit. I mean, okay, yeah, those are you're really just like honing in on a micro instance of his bullshit. But honestly, I agree 100 percent with you, Hoppy. Um, and I mean, well, Paulie, what do you think he goes to Russia after five? You think it's a five year max? You don't think that if he's close after five, he doesn't sign another one year contract? Uh, maybe if he's within like twenty. Yeah. I think eventually he's going to want to finish his career with Dynamo. Yeah, but he could he do, can that do that. He can do that when 50. he's 50, man. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, exactly. 
because they would he can take go back, him. own the team. He can basically be Yarmer Yager. Like at that point, who gives a shit? But true. I, it, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, man, and I think it comes down to kind of what Troll and I said, where like the wheels could very well fall off in five years just because of his style of play. Like he's a banger. He's a guy that like plays with speed. If he loses the legs at all, that could totally change his game. And that's where maybe he gets cut off at that five, you know? True. Cause he's not going to be like Joe Thornton. Right. But if, but if he's within 50 and he thinks he's got a couple more years that he can at least kind of play, like he's going to put in 20, just putting him on his spot on the power play. Like what? He doesn't need to be able to skate for that. That's true. That's true. Can you imagine him in his twilight years just being a power play specialist? Doesn't even play regular shifts. <laughs> yes, that I would can. be the greatest. I could imagine ever. that, and that would be amazing because that's never been done. I mean, it hasn't been it's done great in a while. Because the the like old school hockey hardos would be like so pissed off about it, and I would love it. Like again, <laughs> yeah. don't like the Capitals at all. I would sit down with popcorn and watch that every time Ovechkin just posted up at his spot on the power play and then go back to the bench and sip some vodka, whatever. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Some Cokes. (laughs) Yeah. Get him a Coke. (laughs) Oh shit. All right. Well, this is completely off the rails and I think we got to end it here because I'm fucking drunk, dude. I'm, I'm feeling it. We, we were drinking all, all like we just recorded a whole episode and we're drinking like light beer. Same man. But these things just, just fucking added. It's like putting gasoline on a fire. Yeah. Polly. How are you feeling? You got to drive. You okay? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I was drinking less than you. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling fine, but. Uh, I, I almost dropped another H-bomb, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's very honorable of you. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, Holy shit. shit. All right, man. Wait, um. Go ahead, give everybody one last plug. I'll plug. Well, hold on. Let me pl- thank you, Brew Keepers, for the beers that I bought and sent to uh, Hoppy here. Uh, and, you know, I'm glad that he has enjoyed the two. There is a third one that we will be drinking, what, this week, right? On Wednesday? Yeah, that they're all going to have to tune in when the episode drops on Thursday. Well, may- maybe Friday if Isha's really busy. But, uh, yeah, yeah we'll-, we'll be talking about that one. And, of course, I think Isha wants us to dive a little bit deeper into uh, Capitals and Penguins talk. If uh, either of them can jump out of the purgatory here, yeah, he's just trying to he's just trying to start a fight, which is fine. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, go ahead, Hoppy. Like, plug your Twitter handle, plug where everybody can see you, and uh, shout out to all these breweries, man. Yeah, man. And again, I mean, huge shout out to the brewkeepers. Again, I didn't know what to expect out of Wheeling, and uh, so far the two beers that I had. I would absolutely have again. Um, and, you know, hopefully if you can convince me that other ones stack up to this, maybe I'll have to come out and see a wheeling nailers game or something and uh, check out a couple more. Yes, sir. But, uh, but you can uh, check out Isha and myself at the soda pod. Uh, we stream uh, every Sunday and Wednesday night, or you can catch us on the podcast on any platform you use. And you can check me out at state of hoppy. If you want uh, good beer takes and, subpar hockey takes i guess check me out there (laughs) awesome man awesome well dude thanks a lot for doing this there was a lot of logistics behind the scenes that we had to do and and it paid off great uh once we find once i finally got off my ass uh and answered your dm which was uh my bad (laughs) but um until (laughs) next time man uh you take care all right 
Absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me. Take care, man. All right, Caps fans, we hope you enjoyed that interview with State of Hoppy from the Soda Pod on the Hockey Podcast Network. Polly, did, did you did you like it? I did. I, I had a very enjoyable time with the the interview. I enjoyed those beers, the peanut butter. Oh, mm, so good. Yeah. Um, that dude. I just I just drank the last immortal toast and fuck. It's like a cappuccino. It's like a, yeah. a very nice cappuccino and beer that gets you drunk. So amazing. I mean, all the beers were good. Shout out to all the breweries that we had, especially Brew Keepers from Wheeling, West Virginia. And I mean, I guess, I guess, enjoy the enjoy the hockey, guys. It's it's coming to an end soon. Just hop on that bandwagon of anybody but Vegas. Yeah, for real. <laughs> got anything else Polly? uh no just uh fuck you jamie ben um and um fuck the I vegas nights let's go isles <laughs> yeah. i don't know i'm kind of on the barry trots train at this point yeah i mean uh we'll just say let's let's go trots let's go trotsy um, I'm not on any bandwagon. I'm not affiliating myself yet fully. We'll have to wait until halfway through the series where I can pick a winner. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no joking. But seriously, I mean, anybody but Vegas at this point and would be cool to see the Isles fuck up, fuck around and win a cup. It would be cool. Right. Yeah. Um, halfway through the second, well, currently 11, 11 game one of the Western conference in the second period. One to nothing, Dallas. Let's go, Stars. All right. We love to hear it. Until next time, Caps fans, sorry for droning on a long time. Let us know how you feel. Uh, Chirp us on the Twitter and the whatever social media shit that you're on. Follow us. Rate us. Five stars only. It really helps us out. Five stars only. And until next week, it's Polly Cupcakes and the Hockey Troll signing off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at Cupcake Polly. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>